Welcome to Oaks of Righteousness, a simple podcast to share stories of older women who witness God's daily faithfulness in ordinary lives. May these stories point the younger generation heavenward and encourage all of us to earnestly seek wisdom from those who have gone before us. Wow. All right, so can you share, when, when were you born? Born in 1921, October 50, 1921. Oh, so you are very close to turning 100. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's beautiful. In August 2021, we went to the Reformed Presbyterian home to interview Jean Hemphill. She welcomed us with joy, and her contentment in belonging to Christ was evident. Jean has almost completely lost her eyesight and has been a faithful member of the Reformed Presbyterian Church since she was born. We hope you enjoy listening to our conversation. I was born in Denison, Kansas. My parents were farmers in Denison. We had a small 80-acre farm there, and I lived, I lived in Denison, Kansas until I came to college. I had one sister, and she's living in Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, too. And she was about four years younger than I was. Okay. And I am. And uh, we we went to a one-room schoolhouse where where we had all eight grades. And uh, we walked to school, and then... When we finished eighth grade, we had a high school in the town that was just about three miles from our home. And we stayed in town with our grandmother because we couldn't go back. It wasn't very easy to go back and forth Mm -hmm. every day. So we stayed in town and went to high school. And the high school was just a small school. I think there were only 18 in my high school, in my class in high school. Mm -hmm. Wow, and um, did you guys have to come home after school and do chores on the farm? On the farm, yes. What were your chores? Oh, used to have to go, we, my parents had a, a typical farm with usual animals. My father had good Jersey cattle, so there were the cows to be brought in from the farm, from the pasture. They had to be milked morning and night, and I used to help with the milking. Um, They also uh, had built a new chicken house and uh, mother took mother took care of the chickens and I used to have to help gather the eggs Mm. and I didn't like doing that because sometimes the hens were still sitting on the nests and didn't Mm -hmm. like to have you gather get the eggs Mm -hmm. one of the things my folks did during the depression time in the, it would have been the early 30s, was um, 
they set up incubators in the one room of the house. And I think how hard my parents had to work. Wow. Just to keep, keep the farm going. Yeah. My father worked with horses, and it wasn't until after I was away from home before he got a tractor. Mm -hmm. Wow. We always had family worship in the morning at right after breakfast. And it was reading the scripture and prayer. We all went to church on the Lord's Day. It was the RP Church in Denison, Kansas. Okay. Uh -huh. Do you, do you um, remember from your childhood questions you had about faith or doubts you had or just questions about the world that you couldn't quite figure out? It's been so long ago that I don't remember. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> I don't... You don't remember if you had particular questions about God or doubts? I don't remember having questions at that point. Uh, I think we just... I, I don't think we grew up in a time when we were out in the country. We were a smaller group. I don't think we had the opportunity to hear nearly the the discussions that go on today. Mm -hmm. We didn't we didn't have a radio at that point. Mm -hmm. When I at first, I don't I can't even tell you when we got the radio. Mm -hmm. And we certainly never had television all my life. I mean, when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. So we just pretty much made our own life. From, from my earliest childhood, I've, I think I've been trusting in the Lord and think he's just been there guiding me and directing me a lot of times when I certainly wasn't very obedient. But I've never questioned his, his existence and his... his control in all things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's certainly been times when I've been discouraged, and but I've, ne I've never doubted, I don't think. I've always, I've always known he was there. I've never, I've been disobedient. I've been, I've sinned. Many times, I'm a sinner saved only by the grace of God. Mm -hmm. But 
I know he's, I know he's taking care of me and guiding me. Think of all the, the times uh, where our son was killed, and I've, I've been so grateful. This may sound harsh, but he was killed instantly and didn't suffer. You know, he could have... I have a nephew who was injured in a swimming accident, and he's, he survived that and has... But he's a, he's a cripple. He's, he has... And he's, he's done well. My nephew is able to work and has a good job. He finished college and has done well. But I just think how limited his life is in comparison with what it could have been. Mm-hmm. And, and if Bill had, his neck was broken and he was killed instantly, if he had lived with that, what the Lord took him home, mm-hmm. and that was so much better than if he had been left a cripple. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot to be thankful for. So you you said you left Kansas the first time when you went to college. I came to so college. Go? My high school principal was Wilbur McElroy, who was a Geneva grad. And when I when I went to high school, I stayed in town with my grandmother during the week and would go home just on Saturday and Sabbath. And uh, so when I was finishing high school, Mr. McElroy said I ought to go. He wanted me to go to college, and my parents wanted me to go. Neither my father or mother had finished high school, and my father always said if he had had more education, he would have done better. Mm. And so they were interested in their daughters going on to school. And so Mr. McElroy um, urged me to go to Geneva. And and he, I remember him dictating to me my, his letter introducing me to the authorities at the college. And then I came to Geneva in the, fall of 1939. Okay. And uh, once I came, I never went back home wow. to, to stay. Okay. So um, 1939, so right when World War II was starting. Right. Mm-hmm. So during your college years kind of were the same as the right. years yeah, of the war? We, uh, we, um, in college, the early on my first year in college, I met my husband, Willard Hemphill, and then we were married between our sophomore and junior year in college, and finished college together. 
And then we finished college in 43. And yeah, that's right. And the day after we finished college, he was inducted into the Army. Mm -hmm. And then he was in the service until the war was over. And so when, when we graduated, so he went into the service, and I was working in the offices at the college. So, so I continued working at the college until, um, at that time we had an army detachment at the college, and I was working in that office. And then when that office was closed, I went to Washington, D.C. and worked in the Veterans Administration until Willard came home from the service. And then we came back to Beaver Falls and made our home in Beaver Falls. Wow. And he took another, Willard then took another year of uh, education at California State Teachers College in preparation for teaching industrial arts. And then he got a job in industrial arts teaching in Beaver, Pennsylvania, which is just about seven miles from Beaver Falls. But we made our home in Beaver Falls, and we lived there the rest of our married life. My husband, um, we had a great time together through the years. He was a industrial arts teacher, and we just had a good marriage together. As the boys were growing up, we always had the children had their playmates around in the neighborhood, mm. and they always uh, were anxious to get supper over so they could get back out to play. Mm. But we always <laughs> had family worship right after supper. And they, they, I'm sure they chafed lots of times because they had to stay for family worship. But that was the time when everybody was together, and we had family worship then. As children, we learned, we had the alphabet, a letter for a verse for each letter of the alphabet. They were strips of um, paper that had a Bible verse printed on them. And then when you learned the verse, you rolled it up and you ended up with a long string of, we called them pearls. Mm -hmm. I don't know where we got the name <laughs> pearl for them. but And I find myself at night saying those verses oftentimes like, oh. A, a friend loveth at all times. B, be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Come unto me, all ye that labor and and I will give you rest. Yeah. Yeah. And so I. The Lord is good and just. The way of sinners show the meek in judgment. He will guide. And I, my memory is is giving me troubles these days. Mm -hmm. 
I find myself just picking up sketches of memory here and there, and I don't have a I don't have a long-term memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hard. The the Lord has been so good to me through the years. I've had I've had some hard and sad times, but He always carries us through. Yeah, that's true. Would you would you be willing to share one of your one of those hard and t- sad times? Well, I think one of the hard times was when our when Bob our, had spinal meningitis when he was three years old, and we wondered whether and the, there were several in the area who had it who did not recover, mm-hmm. and Bob. Bob was in the hospital three weeks with it, and and I think one of one of my precious memories is our older son, who is the one who was killed, who was then just about probably three. Bill would have been just about six years old then. I can remember him kneeling at his bed and praying for Bob. Mm-hmm. And those, those are the memories that you cherish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the Lord was gracious to us. My husband had emphysema for about 15 years and had to carry a oxygen tank with him all the time. But he was so kind and understanding during that time and never complained. Mm. And I've been very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. So the Lord the Lord's been good to me. Mm-hmm. I have a lot to be thankful for. I can't see. <coughs> but the I can see enough to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm thankful for that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Had, has these have these years been lonely years without your husband? Big pardon. Have has these been lonely years without your husband? Yeah. But. You just have to learn to adjust to it, mm-hmm. and it, it it just become it's just a gradual thing. Other people you find other people who are in the same situation, and you you the Lord gives you comfort, and you you just adjust to it. I think our whole life is adjusting. It never seems to stay the same. Mm -hmm. And I think the sooner we the sooner we accept change and 
kind of flow with it, the happier we are. Mm. It's never going to be the same, always. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's there, and He's taking care of us. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to and we we just kind of have to learn to accept that things aren't always going to be perfect for us. Mm-hmm. But we learn that there's, we live in a sinful world. And life isn't always rosy, but the Lord's there and taking care of us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here I am, 99 years old. Think of all the thing, all the things I've enjoyed. There have been hard times, but There have been more good times than hard times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish I could explain to you what growing up in Kansas was like. I, you know, when I think back to what our life was back there, compared with what the life I experience now, is this this. There's no comparison. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know anything else then. Mm-hmm. And it was great. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to hear. I think sometimes in maybe my stage of life, I can easily be fearful of the world or society at large and scared for the future, you know, or, or just being discouraged by day-to-day tasks with my kids Mm -hmm. and it's encouraging to hear your story and to hear about how you you know you were able to walk with the Lord through all of these things and he's in control yeah well well I think you know well and certainly I don't mean to imply that everything was perfect Mm -hmm. all the time but as I look back I think how fortunate I've been and how blessed I've been through the years but but I would say that there there were certainly times when I didn't feel that way Mm -hmm. I mean, we had our discouragements, but when I think that I've lived through a time when my parents had to go into a town to make a phone call to somebody in a distant town to get a good connection. 
and the and Bob picks up his handphone in Wyoming and says, Mom, I'm going to lay the phone on the table and the family's going to talk to you. Mm. And I hear the grandchildren saying, Hi, Grandma. That's just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And that's all happened in my lifetime. What's going to happen in your lifetime? <laughs> Do you feel like as, as, as you, reflecting on your life since you were a child till now, you've been able to see a growth in your intimacy with Christ and your... Yes, I think, I think through the years that I've grown in my, in my understanding and my... But it's, it's just been a gradual growth. Mm -hmm. Do you think there are times in your life where you can point to and say, I had, there, there was a very particular time of growth? Or there was a particular time of growth in Christ? Do you have those times? Or does it, to you, you can just see a steady... I think it's just been mostly a steady growth. I think probably, I think one of the, and this is, seems surprising, but I think one of the, maybe the best times of growth was when Willard was away and I was in Washington, D.C. And I was the church fellowship there was rich. And I had a group of women there that were helpful. We were, we were all in the same situation. Our friends and our husbands were away. But the church there, it was a United Presbyterian church then, and it, the pastor was great, and we had, they had uh, weekly, we fixed supper for children. I don't know, it's all hazy in my mind now. But it, it met my need at that time. Mm -hmm because Willard was away mm -hmm. and he was he was over in Germany at that time I mean in Europe at that time mm -hmm. and it was I needed that fellowship and that ministry at that time mm -hmm. and I think that was one of the best most helpful times it's wonderful yeah yeah and guys... there was no RP church in mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. at that time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did the two of you write letters back and forth during that year when he was overseas? Yeah, we wrote letters, but it'd take a long time to get them sometimes. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. Do you enjoy reflecting back on your life? Yeah, I think so. I mean, 
I don't, I can think of things I wish I'd done differently, but by and large, I'm, I'm very thankful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord's, the Lord's been awfully good to me. Yeah. I have a lot to be thankful for. I've worked hard all my life. I never, until, until my retirement, I mean, I never, during my married life, I never worked away from home, but I sure worked hard at home. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I was, I was always thankful that I didn't have to work away from home mm -hmm. during the time when the boys were growing up. And they were able. Was always home when they when they came home from school, and was always there. And I think that was pretty important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. People are interesting, but that that's what makes life interesting, I guess. Mm -hmm. With us today, we have Tori Mann here to speak about some reflections we all have from Jean's story. Hi, Tori. Hi. <laughs> yeah, so my name's Tori Mann. I'm from Colorado Springs, Colorado. Um, right now I'm in Pittsburgh. Uh, going to the Reformed Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary um, in the MTS Biblical Counseling Program. So, um, as I was listening to Jean's podcast, it honestly brought me to tears with just um, hearing how closely she was and is walking with the Lord um, even today. Um, I was really struck with how she was re reflecting back on her life um, you know, she would sometimes have trouble like thinking of like particulars, um, or she would just mention something briefly, you know, like some of the hard stuff, like, you know, she had a child die, you know, which is obviously like a really hard providence in her life, but pretty much, you know, no matter what she was talking about, she just was always pointing to the Lord's goodness. And I just thought you could see how the Lord had been working in her life to produce thankfulness rather than bitterness, or I think a lot of people could have looked back and and been bitter, but she was saying, you know, like, the Lord has just been good to me, and that's what she remembers, and, you know, she remembers, you know, like, I wasn't, sometimes I was disobedient, or sometimes I was foolish, but the Lord was always good to me and, and guiding mm -hmm. to me, and I just mm -hmm. thought that was really, really neat and encouraging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's similar to my uh, biggest takeaway in that this was the first woman that we interviewed, and so we went in. Um, not having an experience figuring out how to interview someone and I think we we thought that we would ask questions that would kind of bring up uh, maybe the the drama in their life or the the points of conflict that were big life lessons and we cut out a lot of those questions um, because Jean for her you know, some of those questions she would just say I don't I don't remember or I don't remember 
um, being afraid at that point, or I don't remember these things bothering me. In what, like you said, the common theme and the common refrain was j- just that God's um, been so good to her. And she just kept repeating that over and over. God's been so good to me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just amazing after such a long life, um, as her memory fades and things don't come back to her as well, the, the things that have sifted out, what's left is God's goodness, um, despite all the difficult things she's faced. So, yeah, very similar to, to your takeaway and uh, amazing, amazing testimony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was struck by how she had this ordinary life that was of great value. And yet she kept saying to us, kind of apologizing, like, oh, I don't have more to tell you. I don't have more substance to give you. Um, And I've noticed a sort of angst in myself and in others, too, for this drive to have a story, to have a life that's larger than ourselves. And part of that maybe lies in the demands of our media lives. You know, that worth comes with a fancy one-liner, the ability to say something of ourselves to the world. Um, But Jean, when she would talk about not having a lot to offer, she had no remorse in that or apology, but just a quiet joy and sweet contentment in the life God gave her. And that really struck me as something of great value. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really sweet when she was talking about um, growing up in Kansas. And she just, you know, I think she said to you, like, I wish I could describe what it was like. Um, and she she mentioned that, like, it was kind of, you know, there's just, it's just a simple life, like, They didn't know everything that was going on in the world, but she's like, we didn't know anything different, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, at least for me, like, there's been a lot of, like, pressure to sort of, like, try new things and, you know, you have to experience the world and you have to hear all these Mm -hmm. different, you know, worldviews to really know that you believe, that what you believe is true and right. But I think hers is a testimony of just, like, being brought up in the faith and, she, you know, like the Lord gave her faith and, you know, that was sort of like grounded her even when she went off to experience new things. Mm-hmm. But like that wasn't necessary for her to have faith and, and just be solidly grounded. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I thought something sort of similar. Just she said, oh, all the ideas today, I just couldn't handle that, you yeah. know, and you guys have such a hard life living now. And I'm thinking, what? You just told us you lived through the Great Depression, World War II, and like your child died, your spouse died. Um, but she thinks now is a harder time. And I, I think it's true when we, when I reflected on that after the fact, like we are bombarded with a plague of small ideas that shift and change from day to day. And we kind of have this expectation to keep up with it. And there's like mm-hmm. a sorrow in that fast pace of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of, she just reminded me like, slow down, consider the child who kneels in faith, you know, just be faithful in your work as a mother and in the community around you. So I was encouraged in that. Yeah. yeah um, on Sunday, we read a passage from, it was Genesis 48, um, where uh, Jacob, I think, is is, re- is giving a blessing to his grandsons. And he, he's talking about the Lord as his shepherd, mm-hmm. who'd been his shepherd. And he's saying, may this God bless you. And I thought that was kind of like the mentality or the attitude that um, Jean was expressing. Mm-hmm. You know, she she clearly saw that the Lord was her shepherd. And then, you know, she talked about some of the stuff that happened with her kids. And she really... Um, recognize that that was the Lord working in their lives. Um, 
like even you know with her her child who died she said well that was really the lord being merciful like mm-hmm. you know he had a he would have had a hard life here mm-hmm. and so i just thought that was um yeah it was interesting that she was able to trust him not only for her own life but also for her mm-hmm. kids lives mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's really good just the security that she didn't have to have be the security for her children but even that her security and her children's security is in Christ. It's really good. Yeah. Um, she said this line about, um, I asked her about, oh, you must have ministered to all these people in your homes over the years, because she was talking about young people coming to her homes and stuff, and she kind of just smiled and shrugged and said, I don't know if I ministered to them, but I sure enjoyed them coming over. And that just like really struck me, you know, like this faithful, joyful plotting in the work the Lord sent her. She's not calculating what she's done or what people think of her or whether it counts as ministry. And I know I do that. I check off with myself. I, you know, am I, am I doing enough ministry? Am I doing that, this or that? Um, but it's just truly beautiful to hear how her focus is just always shifting to God's goodness in her life and yeah. what God did in her life and it's not about herself or what she did or anything like that um and I think that she has a personality I mean we met her the day we went to talk to her and um she's beautiful she's kind but she just she draws you in with this you know inward joy mm-hmm. and you just feel that right away you know she just has this inner joy that's radiates and it's yeah it's beautiful she has like a she's a really beautiful like self-forgetfulness mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you yeah. know I think where she's like she I think you mentioned that she's almost blind she's mm-hmm. really hard of hearing mm-hmm. you know she lives in a, a nursing home like she's taken care of but in many mm-hmm. ways her life now is really hard mm-hmm. but she is just still so joyful mm-hmm. and happy to see you and talk to you and that's amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> I know it really is this kind of ties into what we were talking about earlier with just how she, you know, chooses to be thankful for her reflections. You know, like her husband is gone and I'm sure that there's been times when she has been lonely. But, you know, her comment on her marriage, she said, oh, we just had a really good time together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's really sweet. Like, I'm sure there were ups and downs, mm-hmm. but... Um, you know, maybe one of the things that's been was most helpful from listening to the your conversation with her is that um, you just see these like overarching pictures of like you know the Lord is faithful, the Lord takes care of things. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be like cheesy, but you know it'll work out kind of kind mm-hmm. of thing. You know, not mm-hmm. in a you know simplistic way, mm-hmm. but just in a way of like yeah, you can trust the Lord. Mm-hmm. The Lord is good, mm-hmm. and um, and He is God. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can, you know, she's just like, I can look back on my life with mm-hmm. thankfulness and joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when we were driving back from talking, Jonathan mentioned something. Oh, the last seven years, this, this particular thing has been hard. But when we're 100, we'll even remember a chunk yeah. of seven years. Yeah. We won't. Right now it feels so big and looming. But when we're 100, we'll just, oh, yeah, there were some hard things that happened. You know, but God was faithful. Right. That's the resounding gong that will be mm-hmm. heard. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which it's it's really helpful, you know, thinking about some of the parallels. Like obviously, her lifetime was a lot different than our lifetime. You know, she grew up in the Great Depression, and we have this COVID pandemic, which I'm not <laughs> saying that they're the same, but you know, there's like you know, it's it's, it's a a hardship 
you know, and we mm-hmm. used, and then, you know, she went through some of the world wars, and, you know, we have this, like, you know, potential war, you know, in Ukraine, mm-hmm. which is scary to think about, um, but, you know, we have the same God, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's still sovereign, and um, I think that's really mm-hmm. encouraging. Amen. Thanks for talking with us today, Tori. Yeah. And yeah, it was great to reflect on what an amazing testimony Jean has left us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that it will encourage you to earnestly seek relationships from the wise women and men in your church community. If you are older and listening, I hope this podcast encourages you to seek us younger ones out and speak into our lives. Thank you to everyone who has supported us And a special thanks to my husband, Jonathan Cruz, for producing this podcast. We often have to cut interesting stories and details for the sake of time. If you are interested in hearing a full, unedited version of this interview, please email us at cruz.oaks at gmail.com, and we would be happy to share that with you. If you know of someone to recommend that we interview, we love getting suggestions. Again, you can email us with recommendations at cruz.oaks at gmail.com. That's K-R-U-I-S period oaks at gmail.com. Isaiah 61.3 To grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified.